All right, into the Triangle Podcast. Tell you guys sports. You know the drill. Go follow us on iTunes and Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, Liam behind the board, making us sound beautiful as always. My partner in somewhat crime, Big Al. On the other side, of course, Jared Scali here. Talking Red Sox baseball. And Al, are they back? No. Not even not even close. Let's not even get started with this debate. Are they back? No. Unfortunately, no. Because we sat here last week and said, well, if they beat the Twins, then maybe. Me- could say yes. No. Because they lost to the Blue Jays. And also, keep in mind, folks, that last week, Jared was the optimistic one. I was the pessimistic one. There was a little role reversal we threw for you. But this week, pessimistic Jared's back. But we wouldn't keep, have it any other way. Well, we got to keep these people on their toes. Got Listeners need the very best of each side of us. So at some point, sunshine and rainbows have to fly out of my ass to make it make sense because it needs to be from both sides here. Red Sox are not that good now. They're not. No, no, they are not. They're not that good. Uh, you come off the twin series. You beat the twins two out of three. And then get Red Sox nation hopeful again. Come in. The Red Sox are back. They're only like, what, five games back of the Yankees. It's possible. It's doable. And then you lose two out of three at home to the Toronto Blue Jays. The birds. Can we just talk about the birds? How, can we talk about Jared? How weird that series was just as a whole. The Blue Jays. I, it, it's, it's funny because I wrote about today on Couch Guy. It just seemed like from the beginning, this series was just a weird one to watch. I mean, obviously we'll go through game by game, but it just each game, it had something that you didn't expect and it happened. But we'll talk about it more when we recap each game. Couchguysports.com. Go read our content. Uh, hey. hey, but the Blue Jays. Fuck the Blue Jays. Okay. You came, you came into this series winning, what, six in a row? Because Texas was before that. Then you swept the lowly Baltimore Orioles somehow. Because uh, you barely got out of that case series. And then you came twins, win the first game, two nothing, solid baseball game. And then you you win two out of three in Minnesota on the road against a really good baseball team people. And then everyone gets our hopes up. They pull it out into against Toronto. They win the first game. Great. That's their close game in 10 innings. And then you lose. 8-7, 6-1 to the Blue Jays. Now you're playing the White Sox and currently losing at home. Before we get into the series, Al, do we think this team's having a problem at home? Um, yes, considering they are currently 18 and 19 at home, and they have a better home, uh, road record than home record. And typically, Red Sox teams in the past, and you can agree to this, Jared, they've been so much better as a home team that's beyond ridiculous. So I don't know what's going on with this team. Fenway play Park Fenway. usually is this team's binky. It's usually how this team rolls. Get a green monster in front of you and, and th- good things tend to happen. That's what she said. <laughs> this, couldn't help myself. This of course you couldn't. is disgraceful. The fact that they are a worse team on the road that they are at home. Or I mean the worst team at home than they are on the road. And, the, and it caps it off the fact that you lost to the Blue Jays. So like, look at game one out right on Friday. June 21st. Yep. 7.05 first pitch, Fenway Park. You almost lost this game. You should have lost this should game. Have, should have lost this game. There's two fraction there. Uh, Workman gets the win. Good old Brandon Workman. Um, Al, 
what were your emotions watching this game? I just want you to explain the roller coaster that was because again, emotions were high flying out of that Minnesota series. You win two out of three, you're getting jacked up. You expect to blow the blue Jays doors off. And then Friday. happened. Well, to start off, Chris sale was not even close to being the Chris sale that we saw for the last month and a half or so. He was missing his spots. He had a 30, I believe it was like a 35 pitch first inning. Especially with that little little guy, Sogard, that just had like a 12-pitch at bat against him. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But you could tell Sale wasn't himself. And, of course, because it just so happens that every time Chris Sale takes the mound, the Red Sox magically can't hit the ball. And I just figured, here we go again. It's going to be the same thing. Sale has not a great start, and they're just going to lose. And then all of a sudden, they just – chip away and chip away and chip away. Then all of a sudden, Christian Vasquez is sending the fans home happy with a two-run walk-off home run, one of about five home runs he hits every year. But it was a good feeling to see, and it was good to get that first win because it gave you confidence going into Saturday. Yes. And Christian Vasquez, first of all, can I just tell you this, man, is – is over exceeding expectations at the plate. And he has legitimately grabbed this starting catcher role, Big Al, by the ball sacks. He has grabbed it and taking charge of it. There's no question in my mind who the starting catcher is, and there shouldn't be. This guy has worked his ass off. Uh, people were questioning him. Not me, my guy. If it wasn't for Xander, Vasquez would be my guy. Love him as the catcher. Yes, defensively, he's a little diminished and i think it's just more because he had the issue with his arm this dude's a legit catcher he's hitting the crap out of the ball and that walk-off home run was another moment in the beauty that is christian vasquez just leave it at that by the way breaking news red sox just tied the game 2-2 eduardo nunez single knocks home michael chaves in the bottom of the fifth who eduardo who eduardo nunez who's that that guy's still on his team he's a guy that apparently can still get RBI base hits for you, and he just did it there. Uh, apparently, they, there's something they've seen that guy. Anyway, good. But don't don't forget, this is this is the land of make believe. We might as well be at Storyland. Seriously, I mean, hey, Red Sox win that game barely. You're like, okay, maybe that's the close game of the series, and then, but no, and then <laughs> they go into Saturday losing eight to seven and out. If your emotions weren't going nutty, in Friday's game. Then Saturday's just, whoa. Red Sox had five runs in the second, added one in the third. They had a good amount of runs ready to go in this game. The bullpen, man. The bullpen. You were up six to nothing and six to one after six complete innings going into the seventh. How the hell? How do you blow a five-run lead, Jared? How do you blow a five-run lead? No, the answer is it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. The 2019 Boston Red Sox bullpen. I, I guess so, but I just it amazes me how bad this bullpen can be. And when I think I've seen it all, something else happens. It, it, In the seventh inning, Galvers homered, two run homer. It becomes six three. Tellez homered, becomes six four. Melee scored on a Walden a Walden wild pitch. Shocker. Hey, bullpen. 6-5. Biggio Jr. singled. 
Hey, sixes. Sixes. New game. Seven, six, eight, six. All in the eighth inning. Red Sox. My guy, Xander Bogarts, trying his best to pick his team out of the ashes. Gets a ground rule double. Eight, seven. Red Sox can't finish it. Al, this bullpen is a problem. And this team, if you can't, if the Red Sox were blind to it the rest of the time, we've been talking about this, right? They're so blind to it. They don't even care. They're like, they're putting it aside. This game is a case in point. Dave Dombrowski, you just lost 8-7 to a team that you were up 6-1. What the fuck are we doing here? What's going on? Why can't we figure this out and figure out why? Why can't you admit that, you know what? Maybe these guys aren't that good. When you read that whole Blue Jays sequence, it just made me sad. And it just put me into a deep funk. So now I'm sorry. I can't, so now I can't think. I you can't should react. be. I think better in a negative space. So I wanted to see if I could pull you down with me. Congratulations. You've done so. But this bullpen blows. It's bad. Like, it's really bad. I think the only team that has more blown saves than the Red Sox, I think, is the New York Mets, if I'm not mistaken. There might be a third team in there, but I know at least the Red Sox have less than the Mets. And that's not a good thing because the Mets are terrible. Nothing good happens for them. But this team, what is the one word we have been saying about this team the whole year, Jared? They have been, well, besides that, begins with an I. Inconsistent. Inconsistent, Jared Scally. I got it right. You did. Congratulations. You get a gold star. But I want two gold stars. Well, too bad you're getting one. So that, now you're getting half a gold star. That's terrible. Shit. So <laughs> okay, gold star removed. Damn it. F F. God damn it. <laughs> oh boy. But this team has just been inconsistent and it showed again when you have a six-nothing lead, especially at home, you cannot waste a spot star from Brian Johnson. He gave you five innings, which that's all you needed. Go to the bullpen. Lock it down. I don't care if you win the game six to five. You do not lose that game. And the really sad part is they had a chance to win in the bottom of the ninth. Like you said, Bogarts hits a ground rule double, brings up JD Martinez with a chance to win the game. Like, come on. You can't lose that game. They put in something named Mike Shaw Warren. Sounds like a character from the Wild Thornberries. Yep. That sounds like not a baseball player. Uh, he gave up three runs on three hits. Good job, you. Walden comes in, gives up a run himself on that lovely wild pitch. Matt Barnes comes in, lets up three runs on two walks and a strikeout. Brazier comes in, does the job, doesn't give up a run. Wow, Ryan Brazier did the job. And, Look at that. And then Josh Smith came in as well. Didn't give up a run. This bullpen, first of all, one, why are you giving the ball to something named Shawarin? Don't even know if that's right. I don't even care. No, you need to win this game. You you barely won the night before. Don't give the ball to anybody but the ones that you trust in this game, especially like you said, and I, I agree with you, Al, after a great spot start by Brian Johnson, which we're going to get to in a second because that's also a topic of discussion with Nathan Evaldi on the clock to come back very soon. That's also another option in the bullpen. This game on Saturday was an absolute joke, and there was no reason for you to lose that game. The bats came out to play. They knew how much, how important, you know, taking all these games are because now you're not even in the playoff picture. We sit here recording, Al. They are not even a wild card team. They're out there. Yeah, they're one game back at the second wild card spot, if I'm not mistaken. They are not even a playoff team right now. 
because of what you did against the Blue Jays. Isn't it sad that the fact that we start our podcast this season, that the Red Sox are just playing so inconsistent? Imagine if we started this one year earlier. God, how fun would it have been last year? To oh, this podcast. You, you wouldn't have been able to have been pessimistic. I wouldn't have allowed you to. Yeah. No, yeah, I think you would have hung me if I tried to be pessimistic last year. And then Sunday just caps it off. You lose 6-1. That was just an awful game to watch. I didn't want to talk about it. It was just depressing from start to finish. You think I would have enjoyed it because but, of the, the negativity that was around it, but it was just miserable. But give credit where credit's due. Marcus Stroman came in, and he kept the Red Sox off balance the entire game. Six innings, no runs. Like, Str- you did your job. Stroman's a stud. I always liked Stroman. I would love him on this team because he has edge, and he has – Moxie. Don't tell. Don't tell Steve Peralta. That's all I gotta tell you. Don't. I, Steve Peralta. I know you're listening. He's got Moxie. Um, this is a guy that I wish would be out of get out of Toronto because baseball needs a guy like Stroman front and center. Um, has the flair for the game. Can still pitch in big moments. Um, not saying Sunday was a big moment by any means, but in general, we know Stroman can pitch in big moments. That's a guy that baseball needs in the front and center and a title contender. Boston, wherever, that's a guy that should be out in the forefront. Same with Mike Trout, which will never happen. The Angels suck. But (laughs) that being said, Marcus Stroman, Dennis Eckersley. I'm sure all of you know what happened. Eckersley called out Stroman. Stroman heard it. He fought back on Twitter because Stroman, uh, Eckersley called him out for uh, just everything. Um, just what are your thoughts on the whole Eckersley Stroman situation? Because they went back and forth um, and Eckersley has no shy history of having issues with players after calling them out on the broadcast. So one, what is your thoughts on this? And two, who do you side with? Because this is not the first time now Eckersley has been in the news for going back and forth with the player after criticizing. Well, my thoughts on it is that first of all, if you're Eckersley, just focus on the game. Stop focusing on a guy that's, you know, showing some emotion out there. It's fine. It's baseball. It happens. These guys are not robots. They actually have feelings, and they're going to express them at times. That's what Marcus Stroman's thing is. He shows his emotion. He wears his heart on his sleeve. That's just who he is. That's fine. Now, as far as whose side I'm on, it depends on the situation. I think – Hear me out, though. Here's why I'm going to cop out like I do a lot of the times. That's a cop out. (laughs) <laughs> you heard it here, Liam. He's copping out. <laughs> if, I, pitch. If, if, I, if I have to pick, if I have to pick one side and one side only, I'm going with Eckersley. And here's why. I don't mind. Answer. I don't mind you show emotion. That's all good. But show it when it's a big game. Show it when it's, you know, September in a game to get you into the playoffs. Show it in the playoffs. Like when he showed emotion in the World Baseball Classic, when it, I think it was the final game, like the gold medal game or whatever it was, that's fine. That's a huge game. It's a huge moment. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. I loved it. But a regular season game on June 23rd. Against a meh Red Sox team. Against a Red Sox team that's about 12 games better than you in the standings. Like, Stroman, I get it, but come on, man. Like, just act like you've been there. I mean, if you were in fighting for the, the division or – you know, you're neck and neck with the Red Sox for whatever place in the standings, fine. But in that situation, just walk off the mound and stop being a sideshow act, please. I'm with you. I can see Strowman's point. 
I'm not going to cop out because I, I do agree in the sense it depends on the time of year, right? Like in a bigger game, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Stroman's comments, but I'm I'm kind of sick though of Eckersley being this guy. Like I'm an Eck fan. I think he's a great broadcaster. He's good for the broadcast. Um, I've said it, him, Remy, um, three-man booth needs to happen all the time. But on a Sunday game in June, why, why are you trying to, why are you trying to make comments like this? Um, when you already, especially when you've already seen the ramifications of it, when you did it with your own team last year and David price and all that stuff that happened. So I look at it as uh, I tentatively agree with Eckersley, but I think they're both in the wrong and I'm just like a broadcaster should never get in this big of a beef ever with a player. Now, do I care about him making comments about Stroman? No, because he's doing his job. He's he is commenting on that. So, am I is Stroman wrong in coming firing back? Yeah, be an adult, dude. Don't fire. Yeah, back. that's and you took the words right out of my mouth. Don't go to Twitter. Don't be like these college and you know young kids and everything. Just handle it like a man. Handle it behind the scenes and do what you have to do. If you're Dennis Eckersley, do you just keep doing this now, just for the fun of it? Like, is, is this his thing? Is this becoming X shtick? Like, getting no, into a uh, No, X shtick is making up words that you've never heard on a baseball field before. Bridge? Going bridge? Are you kidding me, Eckersley? You're the only one that's ever said that in your life. Look at like, Xander going bridge on that one. Look at um, that pitch. Wow. Please, please stop. Please just stop. Like, it, it, it makes me want to puke when he says Giving that. him the high cheese there. High cheese I'm okay with because you've heard of that before. I know I don't care as a baseball guy if you say stuff that has been said on a baseball field before, that's fine. Don't try to make up your own damn language. Tired cheese is my favorite. When a pitcher like just doesn't quite have cheese. it, he's got tired cheese. Tired cheese. Remy, look at him. He's got the he's got the tired cheese tonight. He's got the tired cheese tonight. Give me a break. What are some of his other ones? Some of his other ones are like, I, I can't even believe some of his other ones. But it's okay because he has the best moment ever. It's time to party. That's that's okay. That was, that was a in the moment big. I think that was basically the game of the season that basically solidified, okay, this Red Sox team is something special. The reason why I like Eck is because he's not afraid to put emotion into his broadcast, but it's also a bad thing that he's not afraid to put emotion into his broadcast. So, I'm over it. I just think that, you know, it's going to be what we're going to deal with. It's not going to be the last time something like this happens because he's going to say it how it is. And he said, he's told us that after the price situation, he even said, I'm, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say it how it is. That's my job. That's what I'm getting paid to do. And Nesson doesn't care. So that that's essentially what he's going to keep doing. And this is going to be something that is going to be dealt with. And X going to keep popping up. This might happen once a year for the rest of the time that Eckers lays on Nesson. Get off the Eck topic because Eck, actually, fun fact, my dad actually met Eckersley and talked to him for a while about baseball, and Eckersley was actually impressed with him. So that was kind of cool to hear about. Look at you. One thing else I was impressed about was the new casino that just opened up in Boston. <laughs> except, old, for the, except for the fact that there was no sports book in it, and that's what I want more. Good old Everett, Massachusetts. Good old Shout Everett. Out. Encore Boston, Everett, Massachusetts. No sports book. Get your shit together, Massachusetts. Okay. Next topic. Next topic. Boston Red Sox. Baseball. Yes, that's what this podcast is about. Nathan Valdi. 
he's close to coming back. And when he does, there's really two options. Bullpen. Starting pitcher. He's done both. He's excelled at both. Big Al. Where would you rather? Where would you rather Nathan Avaldi when he comes back? Where do you need him more? Starter. 100%. You make him a starter. You put Brian Johnson in the bullpen, give yourself more lefties in the bullpen. I, I don't even know if they have a lefty in the bullpen at this moment, do they? Uh, not that I can think of. <clears throat> I don't think they have anybody in the bullpen that's a lefty. But the And the good thing about putting Johnson in the bullpen is that he can give you that spot start when you need it, or he can provide you innings of long relief. If one of these guys gets hit around in the third inning, gets knocked out in the third, fourth inning, you could bring in Johnson to control the bleeding a little bit before you get to the bullpen. That atrocious excuse for a bullpen, but you still have some options there. And Evaldi, he's he proved last year on the biggest stage that he can be a starter in the Boston market, even during the regular season, shutting out the Yankees a couple of times, shutting out the Twins last year. He's proven that he should be a starter in Boston. So that's why you got to keep him as a starter. Putting Brian Johnson in the bullpen also gets Mike Shawarin, whatever that is, out of the bullpen. And that yeah, helps. Send him down to double A or wherever he came from. Um, I'm all for Evaldi being a starter because starting pitching is more important. And right now your spot starting Brian Johnson, and these guys, and you need to solidify your starting rotation. You can easily get now, whether Dombrowski does this or not remains to be seen, but you can easily get help bullpen wise at the deadline. Something will be available to get another arm in the bullpen to keep those kind of guys out of it and still allow Evaldi to start. Now, Come playoff time, if you need Evaldi and it really isn't working out, if you make the playoffs at this rate, but then maybe, yeah, maybe I'm more willing to let him do the, the bullpen thing again because in the you can actually actually figure out like what you know you're doing, and if you have some bullpen help, then maybe Nathan Evaldi doesn't have to do that in the playoffs either. So I'm all for him being a starter, um, and then maybe in the playoffs if we really need it, but. I think starting pitching is the way to go. You need starters to get yourself in a position to make the playoffs. Plain and simple. You need Evaldi back in that bullpen. You need to even out the, I'm sorry, in the starting rotation. You need to even out that starting rotation because you have predominantly lefties with Rodriguez and Price and Sale, Porcello, pretty much the only righty. So get a little more balance in that rotation. And hopefully Evaldi comes back and has the same effect as he did last year and especially in the postseason. Yeah, the postseason to me is where you need – that would be where he would come into play. Um, but other than that, I, I think the biggest thing for this team is to get the starting pitch and get healthy because, I mean, look what – I don't think you're going to catch the Yankees, but look at what the Yankees are doing. They're in first place, and they haven't even had a lot of their guys healthy there's they're a deep scary team and the reason for that is because you, you can trust the bullpen and you you can also really figure out what this team needs because the Yankees are have all of it that's that's the problem the Yankees have absolutely all of it and the Red Sox don't and last year i think people are blinded by what the Red Sox did last year because they had bullpen issues last year it never got fixed this team just had a lot of wins the offense could not stay hot enough and that they were able to pull it off because of that. Like because the bullpen and Nathan Valdi, the starting pitching bailed them out is what happened. So I look at in this year as a, this seems as good as they were last year. The offense isn't, isn't hitting at an insane clip and this, the bullpen isn't what they, 
what they need to be because this is what they were last year and never got fixed. Yeah, this bullpen needs a lot of fixing. Don't know how it's going to happen, but they better figure it out and soon because otherwise we're going to be talking about 2020 in like July or August, and that's going to be sad. So one thing that I want to talk about before we get out of here too um, is the deadline itself because we're talking about relief help and, and all this stuff. And this is a story that's come up a couple times now. I've seen it written. Um, it wasn't the first time Buster Buster only wrote it in April. Do the Red Sox actually sell at the deadline? If they don't feel like they're in it and they don't feel like if they're, depending on where they are, like, is it smart for the Red Sox to just sell it, sell at the deadline, get some assets, recoup it, and look forward? Because if you're the Red Sox, you look at in the mirror and go, you know what, maybe we aren't winning a title this year, but we have some guys that we need to lock up. And maybe having more assets, getting the farm system back where it needs to be and recalibrating our franchise. We got our World Series. We emptied the farm. We got it. We won in 2018. Nobody can take that. But now, you know what, this team's losing. You have to pay Mookie. You want to pay J.D., uh, you got to pay these guys. Maybe you sell Jackie Bradley or Rick Porcello with the deadline to a legit contender, get some prospects back and, and really reset this thing. I don't think they should be sellers. I think they should try to make a couple moves because on paper you have one of the best teams as a whole in the MLB. And you also have the highest payroll in the MLB. So go out, make a couple moves, get a couple relievers, get another starter if you want. Maybe go out and get a legit second baseman at the deadline somehow and try to contend and get back to the playoffs to defend your title. Because if you're just going to accept defeat in 2019, not really a good look, especially for a team that, like I said, has the number one payroll and a top five team on paper in baseball. Do The thing is with this is, and I'm with you, because I honestly think if this team can find a way to just get in the damn playoffs, I wouldn't want to play them, right? Like if you get some bullpen help and you do this right and, you know, you get into a one-game playoff, you beat whoever you play, and now you're playing the Yankees in the first round as an example. I like the chances if you actually are playing better at the time and playing your game and starting pitching comes around. Like all this stuff has to happen, right? Like it's not just going to happen overnight, but between now and September – this team can figure it out. They're not like they're out of the playoffs by any means. Selling is one thing. Like I don't, I wouldn't even mind, honestly, trade Jackie Bradley and get something for him. I don't mind doing that. If you need to trade Jackie Bradley to get me in a bullpen arm, go for it. Because you know what? Jackie Bradley kind of is replaceable, to be honest. Like we know he can't hit and his defense is great. Yes, but you have guys who can play the outfield enough to deal with it you need bullpen help and you're not going to get quality bullpen help unless you give something away and you have nothing else to give. I'm not touching anybody, anything left of prospect worthy in the minors to, for this year, because you need something for the future. So maybe you do trade Jackie Bradley away. Maybe you're willing to trade somebody else away as a piece to get a bullpen help, but you have to trade something of value to get something in return like that. I think Jackie Bradley should be the number one guy on the trading block. Otherwise, who else can you really trade? I mean, maybe a Mitch Moreland, not really a Sandy Leone because he's not a great hitting catcher, so nobody's going to want that. But oh, if you trade some... Sandy Leone, this pitching staff will revolt. Oh, of course they will. They won't even come out and pitch for the game. Chris, Sale's, have... Chris Sale is coming in with scissors 2.0. Oh, let's, let's, not ha- let's not have that. We don't need a repeat of that. 
Wow, your boy Xander going off again. Um, yeah, yeah. Get some help with the deadline good, because he could go to the All Star game. My boy Xander, because he's Jared, good at Jared. Jared down. Jared down. Idiots down. Good on him, by the way. Good on him to come out and be like, I'm confused. Why the hell am I not in the All Star game? Look at me, the best shortstop statistically in baseball. Screw all of you people voting. You fans. You're not a fan of baseball. Idiots. Yeah, Bogarts is the man. But back to the uh, selling or buying, why not just try to buy and try to make a title? Your window to win is so short as it is. You won last year, and you probably have a couple more years that you can actually win the World Series. Why not go out and try to do everything you can to win it this year? All right, Big Al's buying. Buying yeah, with I'll the buy. Red Sox. I'm, the I'm buying. I'm going to buy. Big Al's buying. He's No whammies. No whammies and stop. Yeah, Big Al's buying. No, I'm buying. I'm buying big. Give me door number two. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Call us up. All right. Uh, my podcast producer just whispered in my ear. It's time to bang it out. So we're gonna we're gonna end the show. Liam, I appreciate that. Big Al, anything before we get out of the here for the week? You need to uh, get off your chest there, Big Al. <clears throat> Can I do some self promotion? Is that allowed? No. Just get right. to, your, to your shit. I do it all the time. <laughs> um, as far as the Red Sox goes, they have bases loaded two outs in the bottom of the sixth. It'd be nice for them to actually get a run with the ice horse up at the plate. That'd be nice. And uh, let's see some consistency. As far as self-promotion goes, sorry, Jared, I'm going to do it. And frankly, I don't care. Follow the Legends Lingo podcast. I'm a part of it. Liam's a part of it. And we have a pretty big guest coming on tomorrow night. I've been on so it. Jared has been a, has been a guest. He was actually one of the more entertaining guests. I will give you that. Ugh. It, it feels weird just giving him a compliment because then it just gets yeah. in his head. It just feels so bad. Banged it out, Al, on your podcast. <laughs> it happens. We come anyways. Down. Anyways. Yeah. Give that a listen. It's on iTunes. We have a Twitter. I'll tell you that if you go listen to the show. But yeah, go give that a listen too while you're at it. If you want to hear my uh, terrible takes on all things Boston sports. Okay, non-shameless plug because it's us. Don't forget to follow us on Into the Triangle Pod on Twitter. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Best thing you can do for us is do that. So if you're going to pick one way to support us, don't be an idiot. Do it all, but do that. Go to iTunes. Um, CouchGuysports.com, all the great content, the merch store, other podcasts, including my other one, Couch Guy Sports Podcast. Buy some Bags. merch. Um, a lot of good stuff. Couch Guy Hollywood's had a big guest on, so go check that out. He, that's a big one, too. So, a lot going on. Big stuff in the work, Couch Guy. You know, me, producer Patty P, and Nick are always strumming up stuff for the future with this network. So, stay tuned. A lot of good stuff down the pipeline. Uh, but until then, for the meh Boston Red Sox, Liam over there, Big Al freaking out over there on the other side of the glass. My name is Jared Scali. Go Red Sox. Again. Go Red Sox. Thanks for listening.